Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is an inherent optimism around youth. Even in utero, you have all sorts of dreams about who babies might be. They do not even have to do anything. They simply need to exist, and they are like natural-born dream catchers. They are like lightning rods of optimism about their futures. Now, this continues for many youngsters through childhood and even into their teenage years. At least for some, right? (laughs) The sense of what could be and where one's life journey might take them is enough to send all sorts of graduation speeches into the positivity stratosphere. Am I right, Kevin? (laughs) At various points of life's aging landscape, though, it becomes harder and harder to stay in that stratosphere of optimism. Things become real, too real, in fact, to keep living among the clouds. Failures are realized, vulnerabilities exposed, adversities are faced, hardships endured, and dreams are dashed. For many, it is far easier to live a life of endless smiles, thumbs ups, high fives, you know, all that stuff, with decades of possibility ahead of us and with years of lived experiences behind. Perhaps the reason we are so enamored with the young is that we get caught up in dreaming of a better life for them than we have lived ourselves. Supporting future generations feels like we are imagining a new, better reality for us all. We do that work. The work of envisioning or imagining a better reality, here today on All Saints Sunday. Unlike our youth, the saints who have preceded us in this world have made their lives known to us. We know their ups and downs, their highs and lows, their achievements, their failures, their foibles, their accolades, and their stumbles. Their rough edges are just as clear as their smooth. And the pains they endured in this life are just as poignant as any sense of promise they brought to it. Our lives are just as susceptible to heartache, hardship, and addiction as they are to feelings of joy, abundance, and wholeness. All of who we are is laid bare in ways that are clearer at the end of our lives than the beginning. Thus, if the good of who we are yet to be is to outweigh any bad of who we've already been, divine intervention is required to help us imagine a better reality for our loved ones. Fortunately, for us and for our loved ones, the Messiah has come to intervene and help us reimagine these realities. Death is not our end, but a new beginning. It is the start of another adventure, 
an eternal journey that brings us to better, more everlasting tomorrows than we could ever dream up on our own. In spite of the past that lie behind us, God promises us through the Son that our lives will be reimagined and remade into the image of our Savior. We get a glimpse of what uh, this eternal future might look like through the revelation of John on Patmos. There are many and varied interpretations of what the visions recorded in the book of Revelation mean, but they almost certainly involve resisting the idea that the people should place their faith in the power of the Roman Empire, as was tempting to do so at the time. The vision tells us that John saw a great multitude from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne of God. One of the elders asked who they were, to which John replied, Sir, you are the one who knows. Then the elder informed him, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The pasts of this great multitude from all peoples of all places were were histories of ordeal and adversity. Now, likely from the context of the the rest of the book, the revelation of John focused on some sort of ordeal that happened at the hands of the ancient Romans. However, it does not take too much imagination to envision the multitude gathered before the throne to our Creator with all sorts of paths of adversity and hardship. Different ordeals, if you will. It is as though the elder in the vision could have said, These are those who have endured the horrors of the fights against terrorism. Those who have died by the millions in the COVID pandemic are those who have been struck down by a myriad of other modern setbacks. Just as there is no end to the struggles we face in life and no boundary to where they beset peoples and nations, so there is no limit to the salvation that God promises to bring over top of them. The revelation of John seeing the great multitude gathered around the throne of God is about seeing how the promises of resurrection are just as universal as the forces of fatality that make it necessary. Um, I've shared this story before, at least in one form or another. But this year I am drawn to remember a friend from high school who joined the great cloud of witnesses far too early. My friend's name was Kyle, and his great ordeal was cancer. I'm not sure exactly how old he was when, if he was 18 yet when he got diagnosed. And he made it to graduation, but not much longer. It's hard to watch him for those eight months as he struggled, and struggled significantly. He got sicker and sicker. At first, he didn't really know what it was. During cross-country season, um, you know, happy to say he was a lot faster than me. Um, <laughs> but uh, that season, he was hurting a lot more than he could 
comprehend. Being runners, we knew we get side aches all the time, at least I did. And uh, he knew it wasn't a side ache. It was a persistent pain that kept at him, and kept at him, and kept at him in that whole final season. So that fall he went and got checked, and he found that he had cancer on his adrenal gland, which is not very common, actually. And due to its rarity, they had a hard time fighting it with chemo, and they tried a couple times and failed. And it continued to spread. And we kept walking with him and hoping and praying and asking God for a miracle to intervene in a way that made sense to us. In a way that kept that future promise open for him. And he's a very faithful guy. He had dreams of being a missionary and heading out and particularly going to China to share the gospel. And then our friendship was primarily founded in the faith as we would go to youth groups and church events together and worship come before the throne of God here on earth together. And we had many hopes that that faith might somehow save him in a way that our medical interventions could not. As, um, as things got worse and worse for him, and it, was, it was clear we were coming to the end. And I remember being in the hospital at his bedside with his dad, Greg few days before he passed. And I uh, remember saying, you know, throughout this whole thing, excuse me, throughout this whole thing, I prayed for a miracle. I prayed that God would, you know, just take his cancer away and make him better. Heal him and bring him to wholeness. But I think the true miracle will come when he's able to lead to this life and join in, the, join in the resurrection. He broke down at that and said, I think you're right, Seth. I think you're right. At the funeral, <clears throat> at the graveside, we buried him in southern Minnesota, and it was raining that day, too. I believe that God joined in our tears. And uh, afterwards, Greg came up to me and he said, he hugged me and said, he got his miracle. He got his miracle. I believe that. And I invite you, I invite you to share in that faith today. To keep believing that that miracle is spread far and wide to that great multitude from all people of all ages, from all languages, all tribes. That's the miracle we're here for. And we remember and celebrate that miracle in profound, powerful ways again here today. May the God of peace passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com.
if you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.